Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. McDonald's learned a valuable lesson in the early 80s. It's when they started the Happy Meal. And they had the Happy Meal for about the first two years with no toy. They learned a valuable lesson. The toy in the Happy Meal brings the kids back. When you bring the kids back, you bring the mom and dads back. Their, their sales increased in, in the preschool age uh, in that period of time. In about six months after they started the toy in the Happy Meal, their sales increased among young people about 70% and overall about 30 to 35%. All because they put the toy in a Happy Meal. They figured out <clears throat> when you give somebody more than they expect, you're going to get something in return. There's more than we expect in the name of Jesus, I think. I've been convinced of that as, as I've studied this and, and the Lord's laid these things on my heart that there is oftentimes not enough tapped into the name of Jesus on our part as believers and followers of him. We talked last, last week about uh, how the name of Jesus cleanses us and it sets us apart, sanctifies us, it justifies us and makes us in right standing with him and it offers us life, both life eternal and life abundant. Today we're going to see four more attributes of, of what the name of Jesus offers us. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4 if you want to turn there with us today. So let's look at Acts chapter 3 first, verses 6 to 16, together with me. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, People of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses of this. By faith in, this na in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Now, two things today I want to glean from this text and a couple of things from chapter 4. First is this, the name of Jesus is our source of strength. It is our source of strength. Look at 6 to 7 again. He says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. <coughs> Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles 
became strong. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Peter and John walk up to him, and as, as you see there in, in verse uh, 5, 4 actually. Peter walks up to him and says, look at us. Look at us. I think he, he, he says that. I imagine this, this lame beggar uh, being in the same place every day, making his usual plea, probably much like a stadium vendor would uh, and selling hot dogs or something at a ball game. Uh, I used to work the UT games as a kid and worked in a stand where, where we made and packaged the Cokes that the vendors would go out and sell walking around. And, and different ones would have different calls, you know, cold drinks, ice cold cold, same little deal. Never making eye contact, eye contact with people just up and down the hallways or hot dog vendors, hot dog, hot dog, get your hot dogs right here, nice and hot, get your hot dog. Same, same spiel again and again. I imagine this lame beggar is probably sitting by the gate, beautiful. Can you help a lame man today? Can you help a beggar? Lame man, can you help a lame Alms for the poor. Can you help? Probably just saying the same things, no eye contact with people, just back at the same place, same, same thing every day. And Peter stops and says, look at us. Look at us. I think there's a couple of reasons why he does that. The first is, he doesn't want the lame man to miss what's about to happen to him because he, he knows it's significant. He doesn't want him to miss that. Second thing is, he, he doesn't want there to be any confusion at all with the man or with the bystanders as to where the power and authority to heal this man is going to be coming from. Uh, he knows that it's not in his own strength, but it is in the strength of the name of Jesus. So he grabs the man's hand, as, you can, as we read just a moment ago, commands him in the name of Jesus to get up and walk. Now, we don't know the man's age, but we, we do know that he was lame from birth. So these are brand new sensations that he's feeling in his legs and his feet to get up and walk. He, he's never felt these, these sensations before in his muscles and in his body. It's, uh, it's brand, it's, it's kind of, I, I related this as I was reading this this past week to, in kind of reverse order, to my Parkinson's struggle that I deal with. And I used to be very comfortable and, and, and could find any rhythm to pick with my fingers. And I was, I loved to finger pick guitar. And there was really no rhythm that was, that was much of a challenge to me because that came easy for me. And I can't do that anymore. Those sensations to get these fingers to work in rhythm with each other don't happen anymore. And so I, I began to think about the, the reverse sensation of how this man might be feeling to, to, to feel this for the very first time. Of, wow, this is, this is totally cool. It's something I've, I've never experienced before. And it was brand new for him. Um, I don't know the man's age, but as we said, from, from birth, he had been like this. And so these are brand new sensations. What I want us to see today from this first point is there are very, very different kinds of weaknesses. We brought different kinds of weaknesses here today with us this morning. There's, there's, there's mental, mental weakness, of course, physical weakness. There's emotional weakness and spiritual weakness and relational weakness. And if we allow them to, those weaknesses can paralyze us over time. We don't intend for that to happen that way, but that's, that's actually what happens, that we let, allow those weaknesses to, to paralyze us, thinking that this is the way life's going to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. You may be here with weakness, but you don't have to leave with the same weakness today that you came with. Because the name of Jesus can strengthen 
and restore. His name restores, is the source of our strength. Secondly, the name of Jesus not only is the source of our strength, but it is the source of healing. Look at verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see now was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. It is a man's faith that has completely healed him. Peter clearly and intentionally points to the onlookers away from himself and toward the authority of the name of Jesus that gave strength and healing to this lame beggar. But notice the use of the word completely in this verse. It has completely healed him. I believe that he refers to the man's spiritual healing as well as his physical healing by his use of the word completely. Uh, that his physical condition, and that's the more significant part of the story, was how he was spiritually healed in, in, in the same way that he was physically healed. The exterior is the easy part to see and understand. It's the interior healing that God does to him that is probably re- requires more evidence. And of course, as you read this story, we read in the verses that preceded this, how he follows Peter and John into the temple and he's jumping and walking around and rejoicing and praising God, knowing that he is, it is the power of Jesus that has healed him and not Peter and John, the power from them. Um, verses 8 and 9 tell the bigger story that he realized it wasn't Peter, but that God that had healed him. So the question has to arise then, what is there broken in your life that God needs to heal today? I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what brokenness how brokenness finds you, if it's physical, if it's, if it's mental, if it's emotional, if it's spiritual, whatever there is that's broken in your life, God can heal today. Verse 16 tells us that our faith in the name of Jesus is what heals the brokenness. He is the source of healing and the source of strength. Now, turn a page if you need to over to Acts chapter 4 and look with me at verses 8 to 13 together. It says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called, out, uh, called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name given among heaven by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. A couple of things I want us to see from this fourth chapter. The first is this, is that the name of Jesus is the source of the gospel. It's the source of the gospel. Look at verse 10. He says, then know this, and of course they're talking to the Sadducees here, know this, all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, watch the gospel unfold here, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. So he lays out the gospel uh, in a nutshell, in a sentence to them, as he's telling this story. Um, The Sanhedrin here, uh, he is... Uh, talking to them, but in front of the crowd and telling both, both, both parties, both bodies, what's going on here, uh, what, what just happened in chapter 3. And he tells them it was a crucified, buried, and resurrected Christ of where the power 
to heal came from. Uh, if Jesus was still in the tomb, none, none of this takes place that day. But he wasn't, and he's not. And he's alive, was alive then, and is alive today. It's impossible for us to experience his healing strength apart from the truth of the gospel that Jesus Christ has died for our sins and on the third day rose again to eternal life. There's no gospel story apart from the life of Jesus and it is meaningless apart from, from his purpose of his life to bring about the gospel itself. These two things are inseparable. If we're going to see and experience strength, if we're going to see and experience healing, we're going to see and sense that and understand that by the power of the gospel in our lives because of what Christ has done at the cross and beyond. Uh, how and why can we believe that Jesus is, can bring the power of strength and healing? It's because we believe that he also had the power to conquer the grave. Uh, Doc brought up a great point yesterday in our, uh, in our men's study about how much greater source of power that it took God to bring Jesus out of the tomb than for him to, to create the world in seven days. Can you imagine that same <clears throat> that same power working its healing power in your life. That same power healing the brokenness in your life. He has that power. And it, 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 his name is the source of the gospel. Finally, we find from this text in Acts chapter 4 that he's not just a source of strength and our source of healing and our source of the gospel, but the name of Jesus is our source of salvation. Look at verse 12. He is our source of salvation. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. No other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Peter tells them uh, in this story and us here today that it's not Jesus plus anyone. Um, my mom walked with me down front at the tent revival service where I prayed to receive Christ and met with me on the grass uh, and as I prayed to receive Jesus, he was there with her hand around me, praying for me and with me. But my relationship with Christ is not the gospel plus my mom. It's not Jesus plus my mom. Um, Destiny, several months ago, prayed to receive Jesus in my office up here right before church started. Her story is not the gospel or Jesus plus them. It's just Jesus by himself. Wh whoever it was that led you to Christ, it wasn't. Jesus and the, and the gospel plus them. It's not, it's not Jesus plus Billy Graham or anybody else. It's Jesus alone. He's the source of power. He's the source of our salvation. He's the source of our strength. And it is through him alone that we're saved. Similarly, it, 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 it's not Jesus plus your attendance, Jesus plus your knowledge, Jesus plus your tithe, Jesus plus your talent. It's just Jesus that we need. It's his name that we realize, in his name we realize we're lost and we're in need of saving in the first place. Romans 10, 13 tells us that we're saved, how? By calling on the name of Jesus himself. It is his name that saves us, his name that, that, that transforms us. In our salvation, his name should, should, should have some evidence. The evidence follows in verse 13. Look at the evidence that followed them. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, verse 13, and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Is there any evidence in your life that you've been with him? Is there any evidence in, in your life that he has rubbed off on you or is rubbing off on you as you walk, walk out your faith walk? Is there evidence that you belong to him? Are you 
bearing his brand? Are you, are you seen and noticed? When people see you, do they see you or do they see him? I wonder if they see what you do or if they see who you are in Christ. Uh, it's important that, that our the salvation we've received, that there's evidence of that. An observation and a question as we close today. Observation is this, is if your understanding is what, if what is offered to you in the name of Jesus isn't growing, your view of him is too small. If you don't have a growing understanding of the power, the presence, the healing, the cleansing, the, the, the setting apart, the, the strength that is being the source of the gospel, salvation, if you don't realize the things that are being offered to you in his name, your view of him is too small. It needs to grow. So how do I increase my capacity for understanding, for greater understanding of that? A couple of things I want to encourage you to do. And the first is this, is to walk out what you already know. Are you living what you already know to be true? If you're walking that out, I use, I use this analogy a lot because I think it, it, it's, it's probably the clearest one I can use. When you're walking your faith out, the sponge is being squeezed out in those around you. When it's squeezed out, you, you want to soak up more. And you squeeze it out again. And you're hungry for more. And you squeeze it out again. And you're hungry for more. When you're walking out what you already know, you're going to be hungry to know more. If you're not walking out what you've already known, Many of us have been in church year after year, decade after decade, and, and know more than we're living out and walking out. Yet think, if, if, I just, if I just had the next nugget, the next piece of knowledge, the next experience, the next, the, the next whatever is around the corner, that's when my life's going to start to be walked out and lived out in a powerful way. No. We start to live what we already know. And I will tell you, if you know Jesus, you know, you know enough to change the world, to, at least to change your world, if you just know him. Uh, so how does my capacity increase? I've got to walk that out. Second thing we have to do is prioritizing time in God's Word. This book not only has the power, but is the power to teach us about Himself, about our relationship with Him, about how that needs to grow and blossom and become greater than what it has been. If we are at the same level of our faith when we pray to receive Christ, there's something wrong with that picture. We're not walking out what we know, and we're not prioritizing time in God's Word. When we do those two things, I'm going to tell you, your capacity to, to, is going to increase. Your hunger is going to increase to understand the things you have and know and are in Christ and in His name. Uh, your capacity for understanding is going, is going to drastically increase. But i got to squeeze the sponge. I can't come week after week and soak and soak and soak and soak. I've got to squeeze the sponge. When I do, I'm going to be hungrier to find out and discover more. And I squeeze that out, and I'm hungrier to find out and discover more and squeeze that out. That's how life works. That's how he works in us and desires to work through us. How, is, how, how can his name come to be known? By us telling the story, our story, what, what he's done for us, in us, around us, and through us. Well, I want that for us. As individuals, as a church, I want that for me as a pastor. I want to be squeezed out in your life, and I want you to squeeze your experience out into the lives of others such that the name of Jesus starts to mean something. It starts to, it starts to be a part of our DNA, a part of our story daily, not just here around church on Sundays, among, among people that we know are safe, but in an unsafe world, in, an unsafe, in unsafe relationships at work, that conversation is breached about faith, 
Our story needs to be told, and the sponge needs to be squeezed out in those settings. I encourage you to do that. You'll be hungry for more if you do. Let's pray. Father, we've come today, as we said, in various stages of brokenness. We, none of us are all that, and we realize that. In fact, apart from you, none of us are anything, and we realize that. But today, you have met us here in, in the stage we've come to change us, to cause us to leave differently than when we came, to cause us to look at things through a different lens, to cause us to see the world in a different light, to cause us to hunger for relationships with lost folks and friends and perhaps even family around us, that our story can change their life. Would you help us to see the power in the name of Jesus? It's changed us. We've called on your name. You've entered our hearts at salvation, and it's changed our eternity. It needs to change our tomorrow as well, not just our eternity. So would you help us to see the, the power in our story, the power in your name, and cause us to live that, walk that out, seek it out, search it out, and squeeze it out. Do those things in us today and through us tomorrow to people around us. They need to see you. And let us be those who show you to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.